two years ago, take three, we set out on an innovation adventure with a mission to propel the construction and MEP industry for, <laughs> there's a good blooper for you. <laughs> take four. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. Almost two years ago, we set out on an innovation adventure with a mission to propel the construction and MEP industry forward. Today, we celebrate our 100th episode in the mission to give voice to the incredible things happening in and around construction while championing the fact that this is a great industry to be in. During our first 100 episodes, we have had the great pleasure of learning from so many brilliant guests and thought leaders throughout the industry. To you, the listeners, I offer you a humble thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen each week while sharing the show with those you know. Without you, the show would not be possible. For our 100th episode, we want to take time to look back and reflect on the lessons learned, the moments that stand out, and where the show's going for the next 100 episodes. To do this, I'm joined by my podcasting partner in crime. He's our unsung hero of the show behind the scenes and my brainstorming buddy throughout this ride, our editor and producer, Eric Daniel. Welcome back to this side of the mic, Eric. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's so exciting to be back. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since you've been on this side of the mic. I, I was looking back, it's all the way way back to episode 25. <laughs> so yeah. lots has happened. Yeah, it feels like in a, in a good way, almost a, a different show. It's like a fresh, fresh thing to come back on and talk about. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what are some of the, the standout moments for you in the, the 99 episodes so far? There's been a lot. So it's been really cool to see this show grow and develop over way more episodes than I really thought podcasts ever <laughs> uh wow okay so if i'm thinking through it i think the marathon of episodes that we recorded at mep force 2019 really like made this podcast a real thing yeah well, th that kind of launched the show when you guys stuck me in a corner of the <laughs> <laughs> exhibit hall it just had me talking to people for eight hours a day <laughs> yep i if you listen closely on some of those on one of the like the last one of those episodes your your voice is is holding on but but only just i was by winging a prayer <laughs> towards the end of that <laughs> of that conference i was so hoarse so over talking <laughs> and i think that another another highlight definitely was the Burning Man episode. I think that made everybody and all the listeners and us included realize that it's like, oh, you can look outside of the industry to get inspiration and ideas. Yeah. So I, I think that was doing that kind of combining art and construction was really interesting on that piece. And I think it led to a lot of conversations later that kind of wove into that really nicely. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's certain episodes that kind of stand out in my mind of like turning point episodes for mm -hmm. our our whole tone, our direction, what kind of started resonating with different people. And the Burning Man episode, which I think is 
I, I didn't look this up beforehand, but it's like way back episode 12 or something, somewhere around there. And that for me, like when I first heard the concept of, hey, you should talk to these people and what they're doing with an art project exhibit in, in Burning Man, I was like, that is so far outside of what we're going to be talking about in our scope. How does that have any relevance? And when I got on a, a call with them to discuss what they were doing before we record it, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool concept and ties in so much and is actually really relevant to what we're doing. Uh, and then to hear the response after that episode, I was immediately pretty nervous putting that episode out there because <laughs> it was so far outside what we had yeah. traditionally done. But that was our number one episode for a very long time. And it took a while for an episode to it took the queen of prefab, I think, to, to come on and, and dethrone that episode. But uh, yeah, it was, that was a really cool turning point on, well, yeah, let's, why don't we look at construction from a whole more holistic point of view, not just on innovation, not just on technology. Both are awesome. We talk a ton about it, but look at it from the personal side of things and the cultural side of things and the soft skills and pulling all that in. And what we have found over the, the 99 episodes so far is, those generally tend to be our best performing episodes that people really latch onto and resonate when we talk about the more holistic approach. Um, so that's why we do so, <laughs> so many episodes on that because hey, I find it incredibly fascinating just on myself uh, and, and like to pick those people's brains, but it is really cool every time we do one of those episodes to, to hear the response back from people that we get. Uh, going back to like the, the turning point, uh, moments and, and episodes that definitely helped set us on the direction of the soft skills and the, the people aspect of it, which is, is huge and pops up even when we're doing a super technology heavy episode, I'm always amazed that in the end, well, the conversation inevitably comes back to people skills. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the crux of it every single time. If you don't have good people skills, good luck because you're going to make your path a lot harder. Yeah, exactly. And I think another turning point kind of tone setter episode was Angie Simon. I think Angie was the, uh, the proverbial kick in the rear for all companies to say, all right, you're going to have to face this remote work thing head on and you're just going to have to face all kinds of new disruption that you weren't expecting mm -hmm. and you'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm a huge Angie Simon fan. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the, it's the, she said that routine is the enemy of innovation and that really kind of sparked another direction for us in that let's focus in on those things that we have been doing and unpack the, you know, the, the way we've always done it mentality that there may be some good that, that comes in that way. We've always done it, but we can shatter that too. And there's, we can get out of our routine and get out of what we have been doing. And that's where a lot of the magic happens. And I think over the last 18 months, you know, in that episode, Angie was talking about how the trades had to adapt and, come up with new processes and, and make technology work for sometimes the, the first time in a workflow ever and figure out how to make it happen. And they did because they were able to adapt. 
in relating it back to the podcast, what I find interesting is, you know, we were doing, I think we had 20 or so episodes under our belt before COVID hit and we mm -hmm. all went remote and all those episodes were done in person, face to face. And that was awesome. I loved it. But when the COVID happened and we were all remote, we had to figure out a way to, to keep the show going. And, and that's actually where we saw more momentum spike was after COVID and when we were remote and having to figure out how to get in touch with people. And, and what we really saw was that when we got outside of that routine and our narrow focus of what we thought the show could be as an in-person interview show, we were able to go so much further and, and talk to so many more people than what we could. I, I think of, you know, we have talked to Maya, who's over in Israel. We've talked to uh, Simon just a, a couple episodes ago down in Australia. And we've talked with tons of Canadians as well. Like we wouldn't get to talk with all those people. Uh, and if we were stuck in our routine of the face-to-face in-person format, not even just international guests, but just all across the, the country, we're able to reach out and, and talk with people and have those conversations that I think stepping outside of our routine has allowed us to, to really open up our, our scope, which has been really cool. Yeah. And we all have home field advantage. Everybody gets to be in that environment that they've set up. And I think everybody gets to be more, more open and, and talk about the things that may be harder in kind of a stiffer in-person setting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you could go back in time and tell us one thing, when we started this adventure, what would it be? learning to be a, a podcaster isn't, it, it isn't harnessing what other people are saying and, and crafting your own message. It's, it's letting the, the voices kind of speak for themselves. And it's, if anything, it's more of a, you're, you're pointing out something that, and, or highlighting something that somebody's already saying, and it's not, it's not the, the podcaster's job to, um, you know, make the message be exactly, you know, coming from their agenda. It's, it's the mm -hmm. whole industry voice. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, I think that's a great, great thing to, to point out. And it, it's something that I talked with Jeff Sample about bringing him back on that, the first few episodes that we were doing, I'm admittedly a, a, a bit of more of a control freak than what I, I let on it. And those first few episodes, I really, I, I think overly scripted everything and mm. <laughs> tried to I'm like, this is what I wanted people to come away with. And, and the the message that I, I wanted to get the, the guests to, to talk about. And it, it I kind of cringed some listening back to some of those first early episodes because it, it, it's so just, um, just more rigid. And, and yeah. Jeff really encouraged me in those 
he was one of our, our early guests of just relax and, and let the conversation come to you. And that was super helpful for me of, oh yeah, I, I don't have to script everything and the, the guests, let the guests run and, and see where they're going, go down some of those rabbit trails. And sometimes they, they end up talking, like I have a, a concept for the episode in my mind going into it. And sometimes it falls perfectly into that concept without me really trying and enforcing it into that. And then other times it goes in a totally different direction than what I thought. And those episodes are usually my favorite because they are so much better than what I had thought coming into the episode. And so that's when, that's, what's most fun for me. It's when we can go down those rabbit trails and kind of just take that left turn and explore a, a new area and really learn from somebody that is, is passionate about a particular topic. One of the, the things that I like to do, this is some behind the scenes information, but once we finish the, the conversation, I'll always ask a guest, all right, is there anything that we left out that you want to make sure gets in the episode? And usually those conversations, if you know something pops up during that, those are some of the best moments of the episode that we splice back into the conversation because that's when they just A, are more relaxed, but B, they're going to be talking about something that they are super passionate about. And you can, that fire that they're, they're talking with really comes shining through, which is, is really cool. And a lot of times I could be a, a whole other conversation that they bring up that we kind of dive into. Yeah. I, I would love to share a funny story about not from this podcast, but from a moment in my life when something was over scripted. <laughs> so back in college, I worked, uh, I took a class on Ted talks and it was how to kind of getting everybody up to speed on what the, the modern standard for public speaking was. And mm -hmm. each person in the class ended up getting assigned to one of the presenters that was going to go on stage. And what you might not know about Ted talks is it's really a lot of prep, a lot of trying uh, of kind of trying to craft this message into a very concise script. You know, there's the, the famous quote of, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. Yeah. And th there's a lot that, that goes into scripting those things. And so somebody that I was assigned was uh, a surfer. He, uh, he had a big kind of VW van. He chilled out, he rode around everywhere. Um, and he had a great story about, uh, he was a journalist too. So he had a great story about kind of looking at all these surfers and chasing down a big, the biggest wave and people disappearing and everything like that. And everything was excellent. And we got to the dress rehearsal, which is the first test of your metal. It's when you step up on stage and you get the mic put on you. Yeah. And suddenly he is this kind of free flowing guy, but he's trying to read from his script and he freaked out a little bit. He, in fact, he basically left the stage, drove to his mom's house and was like, I'll just, I'll have to duck out for tomorrow and you'll never know I was here. <laughs> and, um, so I had to go over to my professor and say, I'm going to Chris's mom's house and we're going to 
have a drink or two and relax and stop worrying about whatever the is happening here. And we basically just said, forget the script, tell the story that you literally wrote a book on. And yeah. he, he came back the next day and just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there's, there's so much beauty and, and, and wisdom and just making that, that human connection and, and having a conversation with somebody and not taking it too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Well, producing the podcast, hey, maybe describe to some people what producing and editing a podcast actually means, but what has surprised you most in producing this podcast? I would say the product editing looks similar for everybody and producing looks probably different for everybody. Producing is really just you're doing what it takes to make the show happen. Uh, so it, it really is pitching in where needed. Um, and editing is kind of using the, it's really in, in some ways uh, developing a workflow, just like you would for any other process in the, the industry, like we talk about all the time. And I guess in the thing that really has surprised me throughout the whole thing is just the how all of these stories and narratives weave themselves together. It really gives you a sense of what it means to listen. You, you get to do some different, really kind of active listening when you're editing because you're, you're, you're getting everybody to sound the best they possibly could. And what you might not expect is that we really keep probably 97 plus percent of everything that's said. So there's no real huge crazy thing going on behind the the scenes. And it's really the thing that surprised me is that there's, there's not a ton that, that really takes that. It doesn't take a ton to make these people sound amazing. Yeah. They're brilliant that are, are coming yes. on and <laughs> passionate about what they're doing, which is, I, I think really contagious. That's one of the, the cool things for me over the, the hundred episodes is seeing all these people's energy and passion for construction and innovation or culture, whatever we've area we've, we've gone into has really sparked a, a really big passion for me in those same areas. Cause you, you can't help, but get excited about what they're talking about. And uh, there's a lot of research and, and prep that goes into each episode too. Cause when a, a guest comes on, I, I want to know a lot about them and, and what they're doing and their area that they're talking about. So I read a ton and, and listen to a ton of other podcasts that they've been on or in the same space or whatever. Uh, and so it's, it's really cool that the, the more you put yourself out there and dive into those topics, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in construction. So that kind of leads me to another question for you from producing the show and, and listening to all the, the conversations and for our listeners, Eric is in the recording with every single one of our guests. And then he has to listen over and over and over again during the, the editing process. So uh, sorry for having to hear my voice over and over again in your ears throughout the day, but uh, what gets you most excited about the construction industry and the potential that you see from listening to our guests? 
I think this was Kevin Suhu's episode recently where he was talking about how it's a little bit unfair to compare construction to something like the fintech industry because you're you're looking mm -hmm. at it as you know with fintech it's numbers on a screen but with construction it's people processes and giant projects and it's it's you know saying it's comparing apples to oranges isn't even close to the a good analogy but what i'm excited to see is the what like what we were saying earlier looking into like drawing ideas from different industries uh kevin was was also saying that you know some of the smaller companies can really take some ideas from what's working for the bigger companies and while construction isn't necessarily the the small company here i think i think it's just so cool to see the just the raw potential of the the industry there are so many new ideas to be had and there's so much already at work that mm. I think very few, very short amount of time, I think it's really going to be a different, completely different industry for the better. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've said it a lot uh, <laughs> over the, the last several episodes, especially that the construction industry over the next decade is going to be drastically different than the construction industry of the last 50 years because of all the technology coming in, whether it's the advancements in AI or AR and VR, I think that there's a lot of really cool potential opportunities to not only just get more efficient, but especially coming out of COVID and remote work that we can get the best of both worlds. There's was a lot of really good things that, that happened being remote and, and having to embrace technology and not always having to, to travel to have a meeting or having to be on site that we figured out how to be able to go do a site visit while being home for dinner and going to your kid's baseball game or whatever that night and not having to kind of make that sacrifice of family versus work. And so coming out of it, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to be just more intentional and strategic with when we do stuff and, and how we do stuff and, and capitalize on what was really good with the in-person stuff and what's been really good with the virtual stuff and not have to compromise on, on areas as, as much. So, um, yeah, I think it's exciting what's coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Has the working on this podcast changed your perception of the industry as a whole? You know, one of the, the common themes that we, we talk about a lot is the, the marketing problem in and with the construction industry. So just curious if listening to all these conversation has made you, you shift your opinion at all of construction. I can definitely say it, it's changed it in a couple of ways. One of the ways I think that it was, the industry was totally different than I was expecting was in just how much everyone has to contribute. And I don't just mean in productivity and work. I mean, ideas. Uh, we, we've talked a ton about, you know, people sharing their ideas, not only in their own company, but also between uh, the industry. And I think that, you know, a, a lot of what people have harped on with industry is listening to the people that are on the ground floor, actually implementing mm -hmm. the, the 
tools, tricks, and, and all, and workflows and stuff. But I think that there is, there's so much more potential than has even been discovered that is really different than I, than I thought. I thought it would just kind of be, you know, a couple of people saying, we're going to, we're going to do it this way. And then everybody does it that way, but everybody has a say in kind of shaping how the companies are run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think one of the fascinating things for me, so when we started bridging the gap, it, it wasn't the idea behind it wasn't to solely focus just on construction and MEP. It was to be more holistic with AEC. What we found though, that was that the construction industry and the, the trades even more specifically, they were the ones that were most open to talk and to share ideas and to brainstorm and to have these deeper conversations about soft skills and culture and what it takes to have a growth mindset and the innovation that is happening in the industry and, and how do we push the industry forward? And for me, that was actually quite surprising at first that it was the construction segment that, that was most open to those conversations. I, I, going into this, I didn't think, I thought we would have a harder time getting construction people on than A and E, the architects and engineers, but it, it was really the very stark <laughs> polar opposite of that. And so that's why we started really leaning into construction. And I, I think the amazing thing is that there really are so many people throughout the industry in all walks of life, all up and down the construction hierarchy that are trying to push this innovation message. And it's one of the, the things that I find most rewarding about the podcast. And one of my favorite things is, is when people reach out to me and talk about you know, what really resonated with people and, and the impact that different conversations have had. And I've gotten several messages of people saying that you know, they might have been on the AE side of AEC and listening to the show they have actually switched focuses and, and careers and gone into construction to see the, the tech and the innovation happening there. And it kind of blows my mind every time I, I get one of those messages, but it's really cool, really humbling that these conversations are, are having an impact. And the, I feel the, the seriousness and, and the weight of that to let's make sure that these conversations are as meaningful and impactful and, and really what the industry is, is going and, and what people are, are wanting to hear about. So there's a lot of time and attention taken into what topics we, we put on. Um, and it's, it's just really cool to, to see that momentum being built and that, that impact that you can, you can see and feel. Yeah. It, it's been so cool to see all of those voices come together in different ways. And one of the, the other things that has changed in my perception of the, the industry is just how much of like how connected people actually are. I mean, that people are really just one introduction away from kind of being a part of the larger conversation. And so, so many people, uh, it's, it's, it's just not nearly as siloed as I, as I thought it might be. There really are a lot of people that um, span across a bunch of different disciplines. And I, I think it's been really cool to see 
I guess you could say convergence in a way in that a lot of different disciplines are kind of moving back and forth between one another. Yeah, absolutely. One of my other favorite things, this is totally uh, from personal gain, I guess, but one of my favorite things about the, the podcast is meeting people and the conversations that have happened on camera, on in front of the mic, and then in the, the lead up, you know, I always, for the most part, talk to every single guest, have a conversation with them before we actually start the, the re recording and just to kind of get to know them, see where their passions and their interests are. And the friendships that have formed with our, our guest over the course of the show is, is really something cool that coming into this, I didn't know most of the people that have, have come on the show, but now I count a lot of them as, as friends. And we talk on a very regular basis, which is, is really cool that the, this format and this venue, you're able to have such rich and, and meaningful conversations that you make that connection and that bond in a way that I don't think you really do outside of this format, which is um, for a personal vantage point is that's one of my favorite aspects of it is I get to, to make a whole lot more new friends every time <laughs> we do an episode. I love that. Do you feel indestructible? Well, do you? Then MEP Force 2021 is the event for you. It's the gathering place for industry thought leaders throughout MEP to come together and learn the new technology trends in prefabrication and more. The best part is that it's all industry led and driven meaning real people from the trades will be leading the almost 70 breakout sessions. So you will be getting real life, practical examples and use cases to take back and implement right away. This year, we'll be having some in-person networking events in Atlanta, Austin, and Denver. Excited to see people in person. Go over to mepforce.com to claim your edge today and use promo code BTG to save almost 50% on your ticket. Looking forward to seeing all my innovators at MEP Force. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and they've really helped encourage and help find our voice over the, the course of the, the 100 episodes too. And, you know, I'll get messages from past guests of like, oh, I listened to this show this week. This was really cool. You should talk to this person or, uh, you know, you should dive into this area. And that's always super helpful of like, Oh, I, I hadn't thought about that. Or I don't know that person or yeah. Introduce me. Happy to have a conversation with them and, and make new more friends. So uh, from a, a personal vantage point, that's been, that's been really cool on another kind of standout. Uh, what's been on the, the humbling side. I, I pulled the, the stats yesterday of the show, looking back on, you know, what's been our reach. And I was quite shocked at seeing how many countries that the show has been in. We've been in 65 countries. Now we have listeners in 65 different countries around the world, wow. which is truly mind blowing. But it's what's cool about that is these conversations and these topics that we're talking about, the innovation and the technology and the culture, it's the really universal truths around the world to resonate in 65 different countries is I think that proves that there's a hunger in the construction industry for this new mindset, for disruption, for growth mindset. And that's, that's really cool. And as for the States, 
we have actually made it into all 50 states across the country, which is very cool. Very proud of that. Eric, have there been any other standout moments for you on the, the personal side of things? Yeah, I there, there have been several just amazingly unexpected moments. Um, I got a message on LinkedIn from somebody that I, I sort of knew from way back from high school. And he just said he was shocked that to find out that I was associated with the show because he had been listening to the show and really enjoyed it for a really long time. And it's so cool to see those kind of stories come through. And That's awesome. every, yeah, every once in a while, you just hit these moments of like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like I've been, that show has been a a mainstay in what I listen to all the time. Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool. So uh, another big standout highlight in the 100 episodes that we haven't talked about is winning the best construction podcast, which was really quite shocking. When we got nominated for it, I, I was like, oh, this is super exciting this is a pleasure to be nominated we're up against like incredible podcasts that a lot of them had come on and been guests and was learned from them and like i think of like the contact crew um and so to be in the running with them it was it was really cool and those like weekly tracking that i think the the first week out we came out of the gate and we're leading the the pack and that was mind blowing to me that we were out front and that that yeah. people were voting and and really resonated with the show that way. And so again, that was one of those. Oh, this is this is serious. This is not just. I think it's so much fun to do the podcast and to to have the conversations. But it was like, oh, this is this is meaningful and impactful for people. This is not just <laughs> a fun thing yeah. I get to do. This is this is serious stuff. And that was just totally mind-blowing and, and uh, humbling in a, in a way that is really hard to describe and, and to put into words when, when we were able to, to win that um, and get voted for it. I think that's the, the coolest part is the, the people actually went out and took the time to, to vote. So thank you guys so much again for taking that time and, and voting for the podcast and, and listening most of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Whether it's your first time or you you've you've been here since Burning Man and before, but uh, yeah, that's when a lot of the those when when the competition was going on, that's when a lot of those serendipitous conversations came came to light. That's when the person reached out to me on LinkedIn. He was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool that you guys are." kind of on on the map there of, of love this show and it it's really cool because that it's just another example of like a you know sharing personal passions kind of comes out in other areas of life yeah definitely so in thinking through the, the 100 episodes we had uh, looked through the different themes that had had popped up over the the course of all those episodes and conversations and it, it kind of boiled down to about four kind of main 
buckets that we noticed. We had the the leadership, culture, soft skills bucket that a, a conversation kind of took form in. We had the innovation growth mindset that people really talked about. The third digital transformation and kind of the, the tech stack episodes. And then the the fourth was the the marketing problem that is in construction and, and how do we change that perception? And that sounds like the episodes break down into nice clean lines and, and buckets, but the, the reality is that in pretty much every single one of the, the conversations, whether meaning to or not, we bleed over into all four of those buckets in, in some way, uh, which is, is, is pretty cool that those there's such a strong connection between all four of those areas in every facet of construction, but uh, wanted to kind of take each of those buckets and, and kind of talk through some lessons or some, some standouts moments in those different nice, neat buckets. And we, we talked some of it already, but tackling the leadership culture and, and soft skill side of the, the conversations, what kind of stands out and jumps out to you? The themes in leadership really has, has, personally has been the biggest area that I feel like I've gotten the most out of just listening and working on the podcast. There's, there's too many to encapsulate, but there are definitely, there are definitely some that are worth, I think worth pointing out. So I know you're going to call him out, but I, one of my favorite guests was Bob Caslin, and you know, he, he, he said it perfectly when he just said the most effective leadership trait is trust and it's it's a function of competence and and character and i think that that sets the tone for a lot of the other conversations that we've had um yeah well you know from a a personal vantage point it was i was fangirling out during that episode he was at at the time that the president of the university of south carolina my my alma mater and just such a cool smart guy i was in like hanging on his every word every single story that he was telling and the, the impact of leadership he has the, the awesome book too the the character edge and just loved reading that as well too and that's for me that's has to be in one of my top three personal favorite episodes of all the the hundred so far from the aspect of just such great advice in leadership. And for those who don't know or, or don't remember, he was uh, a lieutenant general as well too in the army and, and had like a 40 plus year career and served as the superintendent at, at West Point. How some of the kind of just basic leadership tenants, especially around trust, made such a big impact highly encourage people to go back and, and listen to, to Bob Castlin's episode. Definitely. And totally agree. I loved his book too. It had a lot of similar themes from the episode. Yeah. And yeah. And another part of the leadership aspect, I guess if you were to zoom in more on a kind of a practical advice, or if you're, if you're looking at, you know, one-to-one interactions between, you know, managers and employees, I think Mike Zemanovic was, was key on, on that. I would almost say one of the 
the taglines that for the show almost have, have has developed from his episode and that's getting to know the person behind the employee yeah I, I think that builds on what bob was saying about trust you got to actually know a person to be able to trust them in that way yeah absolutely we you know i'm extremely passionate about that of knowing the, the person behind the employee i think you have to in order to not only lead a team but just to be on a team i think you have to humanize everybody that that you work with uh mike's episode i think is probably one of those other turning point episodes for me at least uh, on the podcast of you know we, we tackled some pretty heavy mm -hmm. themes in that with uh mental health and suicide and depression that is way too prevalent in construction and that episode was it, it resonated so much i got it's probably one of the in the top five episodes of responses that i got back after we we posted that episode and it was just really cool to have that conversation and to see the, the relevance of when we talk we can talk about heavy issues and mm -hmm. intense issues serious issues that but you can do it in a way that uh, people want to listen to and that it, it mike just his his jovial nature helped in, in making it just an it sounds like a, a weird phrase to to say when you're talking about a mental health episode but an enjoyable listen uh, it, it was a just a, a fun talking to him even though it was we went into some really serious coverage and, and ground same with darcy credadaro's episode though too on, mm -hmm. on mental health and and pairing that with burnout and just the the stats and statistics behind it and what you can do to to fight against that I am, am brought to think about what Jake Olson said uh, in terms of recruiting and finding talent. He, he said that the great employees aren't looking for a job uh, because they're already at a great company. Yeah. And I think that is super relevant to today, especially if we're looking at Brandon Patterson's episode two. He said that in the past 18 months and the availability of online tools and, and stuff like that, that people have a very good idea of how people are working or, or how companies are treating their employees. And they have a very good idea about how they want to grow in their career. Yeah. Jake's episode is, is a perfect example of having an idea of a conversation in mind and then just leaning into that dramatic left turn over the course of the conversation. And I mean, we were geeking out hard for a, a big portion of it on personality profiles and all that stuff, uh, which I find incredibly fascinating. And uh, I could talk about that for hours and hours and I have been known to do that, but th that was a fun episode and just kind of leaning in. Let's, Jake was super passionate about personality profiles as well and, and how he leverages for his team to really great effect. And it was, that was a fun, unexpected left turn that was great to, to lean into another episode to, to kind of call out in this section. And then we'll, we can move on to the, the second bucket is uh, Dan Walshman's episode and the whole concept of, of leveling up. That's how we, we kicked off 
our 2021 episodes was with that. It was a, I think a, a perfect episode to, to really kick off a, a new year and think through how do you find those 1% improvements and level up your game with everything that you do, because there's always something that you can do to get better at no matter what it is. You can be at the top of your game. You could be at winning all the gold medals in the Olympics, but there's always something that you can do to improve and get better. I, I took the, uh, the level up theme for a lot of the beginning of this year. And it, it, it set a great tone for, for 2021, for sure. Yeah. All right. So bucket number two, which is kind of the, one of the main pillars that's become the tagline of the show innovation and the growth mindset, any standout moments in this. Yeah. Mark Odin's episode, the, the second one, the second yeah. time he was on the show, um, something that, that sets the tone for innovation and disruption in a way is he said, we're putting a lot more thought, uh, bef- behind what we build before we even pour concrete. I think that's, you can almost use that as an analogy for anything else that's being implemented in the, the industry. But I, I think a lot of people would agree that we're all, we're all starting to challenge the notion of this is how we, how we've always done things. And I think that quote ties in in perfectly into like we're we're putting a lot more thought uh, behind what we're doing than we did before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some of the there's so many. So caveat with all these shout outs, I'm so sorry for not shouting out every single person because <laughs> I could go in and geek out on every single person's episode. Uh, a couple of the the people that kind of immediately spring to mind when we go into to innovation and, and growth mindset, Marcelo is has to be one of them for sure. And, and unpacking again, that, that was kind of a, a left turn conversation as well too, because we we came in thinking that it was going to be all computational design, and pleasant it was, but pleasantly surprised. In most of the conversation was around growth mindset and how do you have it and how do you make the industry have it and what are some of the hurdles that the industry has in not having it and um marcelo is brilliant and so his take on anything is is gonna be really well thought out and thought provoking so that's a that's one peyton kringley's episode as well too at the beginning of the year is another one that immediately kind of springs to mind and all the research that he did on technology adoption and how different people approach technology and none of it is, is wrong, but it's so important to know what somebody's view of technology is because you can't get them to innovate anything unless you already know where their baseline is. And then it's about tying it back into, to Dan's 1% leveling up. How do you get that person to move to the next step? It's not about getting them to the finish line every time. It's about what's the next right step for that specific person. Uh, and then uh, maybe a, a final shout out in this was was Corey Borchart's, where just his approach to being an executive at an electrical trade company was really refreshing on 
empowering people to make the decision and to bring things up and to figure out what are the areas that we need to, to make improvements on and all the way down the, the chain, he empowers people along the way. And uh, just his, his story of being able to not only pull that off culturally, but to see the big impact that it has on the bottom line as well, too, when you let go of that control and that you are not the only person that innovation is, is placed on because you're just one person. You have to crowdsource the whole concept of innovation. It has to bleed into the culture of the company for it to actually have the impact that it's supposed to have. Yeah, I totally I agree. And I think when whenever we've had Clay Smith on the podcast, I think he's had some great thoughts on and really practical applications on innovation, just in terms of um, the simple fact of getting industry feedback, like working iteratively in a way that's you're building something as as you're also like working on it with as somebody's giving you feedback in in real time and i think the overall like an innovation breakthrough there might not be as many huge aha moments that way but i think it i I think that is an underrated part of innovation is working at the same time that you're getting feedback yeah yeah absolutely uh, so bucket number three, digital transformation and the tech stacks that are being used right now. What jumps out to you in that section? Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd go back to Dan Walshmitz episode. Uh, he, he paints a very interesting picture on digital transformation because I don't know, there's all, there's almost kind of a, a poetry to it, if, if you will, in that we're seeing a ridiculous amount of digital transformation in the area of moving, you know, your, your data from, you know, on-premises to the cloud. And at the exact same time, that's happening with the people too. I think that the, the technology is mirroring the people in some way. I, the, this past year of digital transformation is also a lot of people starting to work remote. And, and I think, he painted a great picture in his episode on how those two things kind of mirror and reflect each other. So I, in some ways, I think digital transformation is kind of the, the technology side of, of all the innovation that's happening on the, the personal level. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Evolve MEP. MEP, construction software for Revit. Evolve's MEP software for Revit makes project collaboration fast, simple, and more productive, which in turn significantly reduces project risk and cost. Born from the reality of a lack of available skilled labor in the industry, Evolve MEP has transformed the MEP detailer workflow. It's time for MEP to harness the Revit platform to offer seamless collaboration like no other software before it. Visit EvolveMEP.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, that's a really cool call out. Uh, for me, one of the couple that, that kind of spring to mind it was Jim Tavernelli's episode on, uh, again, infusing innovation into the, the culture and, and how that transforms on the, the tech stack side of things. So they're a mechanical trade that now views themselves as a technology company. And 
you know, the, the leadership retreat that he described in that episode of that they went out and they basically asked the, the question of what's the cost of not doing this and what's the, the impact of, if we think that this is where the comp or the, the industry is going, what is that cost of, of, of not being ahead and, and being a leader in that? And that question really dramatically changed how they ran the business and, and the direction that they're going and then having to be the uh, ambassador and evangelist to the rest of the company for uh, an extended period of time. And, and even still now, a couple of years after the fact, still preaching that message of this is why we're doing it. And this is the importance of the digital transformation and, and why technology has to be infused into the, the culture and every single process that we do. Uh, so that I, I think that was uh, a great, great conversation there. Uh, another person that jumps out to me is Nathan Wood. Uh, anytime you, you talk digital transformation, there's uh, Nathan has to come to the the top of the list on on spokesman for that, <laughs> and and the to use his phrase the the shared pains that are in the industry and and how do you get people to overcome those shared pains by, by talking about it and, and leveraging technology and that it's, it's not that scary. You can have that interoperability of technology. It, you have to be intentional about it. It, it takes work. Uh, I mean, we bled into that interoperability with a, a couple other people with Tom Stem and Stuart Carroll and Dan McCarthy on the impact of data and all that as well too. Um, but yeah, all, all those, I think really summarize the digital transformation that is happening in the industry and why it's it's not that scary. It, people have been able to adapt quite well to it and the potential that it has moving forward as well. Uh, and then the, the final kind of, not the final, but the one of the other super big call-outs, we've already given a, a shout out to it, but uh, was Amy Mark's episode and talking all about industrialized construction. That's probably another turning point episode too, the catalyst episode on really, uh, we talked about the industrialized construction concept sort of in, in previous episodes, but really diving in deep to that. And obviously she's the, the, the queen of prefab. There's, there's no better person to talk industrialized construction with than the name he marks. Uh, and just hearing her advice on how to really transform the construction industry to be ahead of the curve and help push the skilled trades up to the front and laying out that roadmap of, of how we get there and, and making it super practical uh, and laying out that case, I, I think was a, a pretty cool and uh, impactful episode. Yeah. I, I think Amy Marks is, is perfect to, to also bring into the, the fourth kind of theme we were talking about with the, the marketing problem in yeah. construction. I think, I mean, come on, queen of prefab genius slogan. Uh, she, she kind of has her own like reality show about industrialized construction with, with Autodesk. And I think no one has ever had a doubt in their mind that Amy Marks has doubted that the rise of industrialized construction is here. And I think she is one of the best, uh, examples out there of 
of getting the word out about what she's passionate about and where, where the industry is going to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the, the fourth bucket of the marketing perception problem of construction. I think that was an area that as we were having these conversations popped up pretty heavily in my mind. And admittedly it's because I'm very biased and I, I think through the marketing prism, but it was, I'm having all these conversations about innovation and technology. And then I would talk to people outside of construction and say that I, I hosted this podcast about technology, innovation, and construction. And people would give me this weird look of like, what technology do they use? And it was such a stark contrast of, oh, you don't even know all the just mind-blowing things that the industry is leveraging and adopting. And the potential that is here. And so that's why I started really diving in and, and asking people about it. Of like, I, why is there such this stark divide? And why have the construction industry really let other people outside of the industry dictate what the perception is and what the reality is when it's not really the case at all? You know, you see the the sitcom of the the dumb construction worker with his, you know, he just has his, his tool bed on that's fallen off of his uh, hips. And it's, it's not the reality of what a job site is anymore. And um, there's, there's so many people to, that we could call out. I'm Brandon, you already called out that it was just so recent talking exclusively all about this for the whole episode. Uh, Dylan Mitchell also got into it too on the, the potential of technology, but how do we pull in the younger people? Um, Shante Hall. I mean, that's her, career at, at Victory Trades Alliance and how do we pull in the military vets and and bring them in but she's having to convince people from the military that the skilled trades is a perfect industry for them and um, you know she had the the great example of everybody is a, a marketer now for your company post something on LinkedIn doesn't have to be post something on Instagram it doesn't have to be anything super complicated but you are a walking billboard I think was her direct quote for your company. So be proud of that and go out and represent not only your company, but your industry and take pride that you are in the construction industry. This is the industry that just wills buildings out of the ground. It's, it's freaking cool. <laughs> so be prideful and uh, take advantage of that and go out and, and tell people what you're actually doing. Uh, Cliff Cole, another great example of going out and mentoring young people and, and giving them a, an up close look at what's going on in the industry. And then uh, a final shout out in this category is uh, Travis Voss when he was on the MEP force recap panel last year, he ended it by saying, go out and share your story, go out and, and tell other people about it. Because if you're not telling people, you're not pulling other people into it, nobody's going to know. Don't let construction be the this great unkept secret because we we have to pull people in. We, we have this labor shortage that everybody knows about and we have to bring people in and we have to change minds about the industry in order to bring the people that we need in. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I love what you said about willing uh, the, the like a giant building to yeah. happen. I, I really think another way you can look at the marketing 
problem in construction is how to develop a force of will, how, how to develop the, the willpower to get something to kind of become real. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of James Simpson talking all about grit in construction and the, the grit and the, that can do attitude that happens in construction. Yeah. So on a lighthearted note, what are some of the fun uh, kind of behind the scenes moments that stand out to you? People don't get to see or hear. <laughs> there, there are a few. I've, uh, I think I've joked before, Todd, that you, you're on camera a lot and it's impossible to avoid uh, becoming the subject of a blooper or two and behind the scenes or a lot uh, more than two <laughs> behind the scenes uh just so our listeners know that there, there's a there's a file of of bloopers out there they're they're not forgotten the, the the podcasting mediums in some ways demands a like a very polished and and finished um audio and video experience but there's a there's a lot of funny stuff that that goes on behind the scenes of like, Hey, can you cut that out? <laughs> it's mostly me drinking water and being right next to the mic and having a very loud swallow. Apparently <laughs> I, I have taken a couple of sips during this episode and I have leaned very far back. I've gotten very good and very self-conscious of being on mute during this. <laughs> very so good at the mute trigger now. It's, we haven't, we haven't been the bridging the gulp podcast in, in a while now. That's right. But it's now I can mute there. myself. I don't have the, the lavalier mic like what <laughs> we did when we were in person. <laughs> Hard to avoid that. It's usually the, the Todd takes that it takes me so many times to say those words for whatever reason, when we, we, I get to that section, it's like words don't function properly out of my mouth. <laughs> so that it's or I it I think I say the word wrong, but it actually I I didn't, and so I'm like ah man, and then I ruined the take, and I have to do it again. It's funny when when editing that part, um, you can look at the little jumps and spikes in your your audio to figure out as like okay, this looks like it's three takes, and <laughs> in Zoom you can search the transcription, so sometimes I'll just search take two or take three <laughs> and start right from there. So no, that's, yeah, that, that's just one of the, the funny parts that happens. Nice. Um, cool. Anything, anything that we didn't cover that you want to make sure it gets in the episode? I, I think we got everything. I feel like, I feel great. I feel like I've gotten to say every thing that i've been mulling over for the past 100 episodes and i'm <laughs> really excited nice. about that so looking towards the next 100 episode if you could kind of write the the script what direction would the show take where would we be at episode 200 where we're not at episode 100 interesting yeah i i think i think these a lot of these themes are going to continue building on one another i think some of the the bigger ideas are going to be expanded and i think 
we're also, you know, our collective voice, I think we're going to uncover some more things that are even more unexpected. And I think we're going to get to watch the, the industry change over the next however long another hundred episodes takes. And I think it's going to continue just weaving this, this tapestry of hammering in those important themes, especially heavy on how important good leadership is. And I think this, this network of people is going to continue to grow and expand. And I think we're all going to become more uh, optimistic and more willing to, to share as part of this. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I see us being able to, I, I like to keep things as practical as, as we can in these conversations, but I think that there's even a next layer down that we can get into. I, I kind of viewed this, this first hundred as, as setting an incredible table with a lot of detail on it, but now let's start putting the banquet and the, the feast on, on top of the, the table and, and really just building out that, that picture even more and diving down into these areas, just that next layer down and getting even more unique voices. I, I would love to talk with more people from the field about innovation as well, too. Uh, we've been heavier on the, the office side of the house. And I think talking with people that are actually in the field doing the work and, and how they're viewing things would be incredibly fascinating. So if you know of people, uh, send them my way. I, I would love to have those conversations. Yeah, I've, I, I think that's a great call out and a great point to focus in on. So all the, the conversations that you've heard, if you could innovate one thing in the industry, what would it be? I feel like a, a lot of the conversations we hear is just, we end up on, is it profitable or is it saving cost? Uh -huh. And uh, what I would, I would suggest building in when you're adopting new tools or, or processes, I would suggest building in some kind of those quick win metrics of like, what, what is actually showing that this is working or what is, what is going to show that this will affect profits? Um, you know, a, a lot of people in the industry are willing to share and, but also at the same time, I would say a lot of people are still, you know, in, in competition kind of trying right. to win, win their respective race. And I think we actually can use that, that competition for some of these metrics. I think a lot of people understand, well, we're, we're beating the industry standard or we're, you know, we're beating our biggest competition in how fast we're adopting this or how fast we're saving costs. So I, I, I think there are some ways to kind of get the, you know, the, the leadership and the pressure off your back in some really quick wins when you're trying to implement and innovate. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, you know, I'm always up for a, a good competition and oh, yeah. <laughs> trying to beat a goal. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's great. So Eric, final question for you. You've heard, you have the advantage of all other people that have, have come on and had to answer this question. Cause you've heard it so many different answers. What does innovation mean to you? Yes, I, 
I was ready and I did know this question was coming. <laughs> I think innovation is, is a product of a lot of different mindsets. So I think a growth mindset always, you're always out there looking for ways that you can grow and be better. And I also think it is a mindset of curiosity. I, I think wondering, you know, looking outside of the industry and wondering how something could be applied to what you're doing, or, you know, just thinking out of the box is you you're always kind of in the space of like, I wonder how we could make that work. And so I, I think the last part of that would also be optimism because you have to be always looking forward to thinking like things are always going to improve. There, it's just a matter of figuring out the way to, to make that happen. And so I, I think you get innovation when you, when you kind of cultivate all of those mindset. So I, I, I really think it is making things work and then making them work better. Yeah. You're the first person to call out optimism in the innovation response, which is so good. I love that because in order to be an innovator, you have to kind of will things into existence. And in order to do that, you have to have the confidence to, you know, it's going to work and that requires some an optimistic spirit and, and attitude. I think that's great. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. I, I would argue that's probably one of the biggest yeah. parts. That's huge. A lot of people might not even think they're an optimistic person, but really I think they're a lot of people are full of optimism in that way. Yeah. That's great. This is the context for the hundredth episode and now it's time for my top takes from this episode first and foremost i want to extend a very big and heartfelt thank you to all those who listen to this podcast each week i count it a great privilege that you take the time to go on this journey with me second take please continue to reach out to me with your thoughts on the episodes conversations and the topics that you are interested in this show is about and for you so feel free to make your voice heard. And finally, after 100 episodes, I am encouraged and excited about the potential of the construction industry. I hope you are as well. The next decade is going to be a wild and amazing ride for the construction innovators out there. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.